Hey, this is Neil Mackay, your host of a Vietnam podcast. Now, before we get started on this episode, I wanted to share with you about one of my favorite affiliate partners, and that is Fiverr. I've been using Fiverr for years for everything from ordering YouTube thumbnails to keyword research, writing podcast articles, even to Canva designs and thumbnails and more. So whether you're a budding entrepreneur, a podcaster, or anyone in between, Fiverr has got you covered. It really is the go-to platform if you want to find freelancers offering a massive range of services to help you on any project. Maybe you need a stunning new logo or just a short animation, whatever you need, you can find it on Fiverr. What I love the most is how easy Fiverr makes it to connect with talented freelancers from around the world, all at prices that will fit whatever your budget is. Plus, with Fiverr's secure payment system, you can trust that your transactions are safe and secure. No dodgy people you meet on Facebook groups that disappear with your money and never give you what you want. What, that's only happened to me? As an affiliate partner, I will get a small commission if you use the link and at no extra cost to you. As an affiliate partner, I will get a small commission if you click my link and you buy something, all at no extra cost to you. And best of all, you will be directly supporting the making of this podcast that you're listening to for free, but it is not free to make. So why we head over to somewhere that you've probably never been before. It's called the show notes. So whatever app you're listening in, if it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anything at all, head to the show notes, click on my special link, and then you can browse thousands of gigs ready to help you with your next project. And now, let's dive into today's episode. Let's go. Thank you for listening to a VNM podcast by 7 Million Bikes. My name's Neil Mackay, and I'm your regular host. If you're a regular listener, you'll know that I'm taking a break from hosting season nine. I wanted to bring some fresh voices to you. So I have an unbelievable lineup of guest hosts coming to you throughout season nine, interviewing people connected to Vietnam and sharing their story. I want to give a massive thank you to all the members of the 7 Million Bikes community. This podcast wouldn't exist without your support. It means so much to me and it keeps me going and it keeps me producing episodes for you. So even though I'm taking a break from hosting, I'm still fully here making sure that we have quality episodes every week for you to listen to. If you are interested in joining the 7 Million Bikes community, the link is in the show notes. You can join for as little as $90,000 a month, which is a few bucks. You can stop at any time, you'll get episodes early, you'll get free tickets to comedy shows and quiz nights, and you'll get invites to special member-only events, like our birthday party that we just had, which was only for guests and 7 Million Bikes community members. So if that's something you're interested in, check it out. It really means so much to have your support. We can't produce this show without it. Also, a massive thank you to Garrett McLean, our audio engineer for season nine. Lewis Wright for creating the theme music to a Vietnam podcast, which still gets more compliments than the actual podcast itself. But I'm not bitter because it is amazing. So thank you so much to Lewis for creating that. It's an amazing piece of music. And also for all the support that Lewis gives technically and with equipment. He's another person that this podcast couldn't exist without. Thank you to everyone that supported in any way. And of course, a massive special thanks to my wife, Adrienne lopez Mackay the number one fan of a Vietnam podcast and who without none of this would be possible. So massive thank you to her and everyone else involved to make this happen. So again, thank you so much to all of our guest hosts this season. Thank you so much to our guests and thank you to you for listening. Enjoy season nine of a Vietnam podcast. Hello and welcome, dear listeners of 7 Million Bikes. My name is Mikachu. I'm an MC and content creator in Saigon, Vietnam. I have been interviewed by Neil Mackay on the podcast 7 Million Bikes. And today I have the pleasure and the honor of being the host here. And I'm super excited because today I interview my dear friend, Dennis Chung. 
Hi, Mika. Thank you very much for inviting me to 7 Million Bike Podcasts. Oh. oh, thank you. Thank you, Denise. I would like to start with all the titles that I have for you, Denise, because to me, you're like the Daenerys Targaryen of Saigon. You have so many titles, so let's go through it. Denise, you are a life coach, a certified trainer with PCM Method, CEO of Tide Consulting, creator of the Asian Tide podcast, the representative of Trash Hero Association in Saigon, active member of Les Impromptus Saigon, which is a French improvisation drama association, a survivor of sexual abuse, a very spiritual person. And for me, you are simply the ambassador of positive psychology and an inspiration for many, many people. How are you, Denise? <laughs> I'm doing great. That's a lot of titles. I'm just Denise. <laughs> but, you know, here we also here to highlight your many talents. And for you guys, you should know that me and Denise, we met about five, six years ago mm -hmm. here, here in Vietnam. And we don't meet quite often, but all our meetings have a deep meaning to me. So that's why today I really wanted to introduce you, to promote you to the audience of 7 Million Bikes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mika, for having me on this podcast. It's really my honor and my pleasure to be here. All right, let's start. Denise, can you tell us more about your mission as a life coach and the purpose of Tide Consulting? Of course. So as a coach, I create a safe space for people to find and to be their authentic self because I believe that everybody has their voice to be heard and it's worth it. I generally support managers, leaders, high potential talents and change makers who want to grow out of their comfort zone and to be supported through that growth because it's scary. Scary, like growth is very scary. And I support them through that. And the purpose of Tide is really, as I said, having their voice to be heard. I create learning and development plans for companies based in Vietnam who want to increase their employee engagement and to have meaningful conversations within their management teams so that they grow the Vietnamese leaders into autonomous leaders who represent the values of the companies and achieve the business growth of organizations here in Vietnam. And why have you started this company and this journey? So this company is basically the result of my personal development journey. And it all started in 2017. So after a career in logistic and international transportation, I was looking for my true self. Because in 2017, I had a panic attack. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with the panic attack. Can you please share with our audience what is a panic attack and how did you went through it? So basically what happened is that I completely blacked out. I blacked out. I felt nothing. I just dropped on my bed because luckily I was in my bedroom at that time. And it's like a computer shutting down, but it's your own body. So it's really, really scary. It actually represents now the point of, I don't want to ever, ever, ever return back to that point. And that was the real start of my personal development journey where I totally lost control over my body and my mind. And it lasted for, I don't know, 15, 30 minutes. And it started from something very, very small. But it was the smallest thing that was too much. And that I felt overwhelmed. And being overwhelmed, my body said, okay, now you just have to shut down <laughs> and just chill and, and just like drop on, the, on this bed and that's it. How did this event resonated in you after and how did it help you to realize you want to do tight consulting, like to help other people? So basically after this event, I started a, a psychotherapy here in Saigon and that really helped me to make the links between my past and my present. I realized that I was a people pleaser because being born Asian in France, you have the Asian culture, the Asian traditions, the Asian parents who are saying that you need to respect and not say no and 
and follow the rules, follow their expectations. So I was not doing any, any, anything wrong. Like I made sure that I was the right daughter, the right student, the right employee, and the, the, and the future person who, uh, like a future mother. So that was the idea of what I was brought in. But at the same time, in the French environment, we're asked to voice our opinions and ideas and to be independent and individualistic. And it came really as a position with what I was learning in my family. So it created imbalance. The good side is that I learned how to adapt to my environment. So that's great. However, it created a big imbalance in, inside me where I was lying to myself. I was covering a lot of things that I had in me and hence the panic attack. That was just the whole turning point of my life. And yeah, so I started my psychotherapy in 2017. It lasted for six months and it was really productive because I made some links between my past and my present. And it was really revealing on my capacity, on my intuition, on my willingness to have an impact in my community. And then between 2017 and 2020, I explored my comfort zone. I tried to outgrow my comfort zone by exploring new challenges. Like I did a bungee jumping from the highest commercial jump in the world in Macau. And it was quite nice. Well, I'm super scared of heights. <laughs> But I did the bungee jumping and it was really interesting to have to experience this because it really pushed me to the edge of life of saying, okay, you're doing something that is really threatening. Like you're going to jump when there's only one line that mm -hmm. holds you between life and death. <laughs> so that was an awakening at that time also. And then since I was struggling in my work, like before I felt not at the right place, I would pour myself into work, making sure that everything was right. And I would do overtime. I would not have any personal life. I would drink a lot just to forget that I, I didn't have a good balance between work and life. I would go party with my colleagues. Like there was nonstop work. And I realized that it was wrong and it was very unhealthy. So that's where I wanted to make that change and to help people because I came through a personal development journey. Then my past work life was not healthy enough. So I wanted to combine both of saying, okay, I have come out of this personal development journey in a more positive and healthy person. And at the same time, I don't want to go back to that professional life that I had. So let's build Tide. Tide is a old form of the sea tides. And the idea is that the high tides brings nutrients to the beach and the low tides helps to make sure that it's solidified. So I really like that image. And the idea is really to be here to bring the nutrients, the soft skills to employees so that they can build up the confidence over time. It's such a beautiful image and I'm very glad and touched that you shared with me, with the audience, your personal journey because I know it has been very hard and that's why it's such an inspiration for people here because you are going through all these negative experiences and you see the best, like you had this panic attack, but then thanks to this panic attack, you started to be more aware of yourself and your capacities. And you did this journey with the psychotherapy and then you realized you're not happy in your work. So you decided to create Tide, which is good for you and also for the others. So I was wondering, you're doing so many things, like we just mentioned, to improve our community, to improve your life first. But I think you can only do it when you're at peace with yourself. So I know you've also been through other difficulties, such as growing Asian in a small village in France, like you mentioned, like overcoming sexual harassment. You started a company by yourself. You're a female entrepreneur. I just wanted to know, like, how did you overcome all these challenges? I overcame it just by following my instincts and my inner voice. So the psychotherapy really helped me to embrace that inner voice. The psychotherapy, the coaching, the Reiki, the exploring of my comfort zone, everything helped me to add value to my inner voice. 
and to say, okay, this inner voice is right. So I grew and built my confidence to that relationship. And so if my inner voice is saying, okay, this is the right thing to do, then I just do it and see what happens. I really let go of what I cannot control and see what happens. I think that's very wise, simple, but not simplistic advice that many times we are trying to find solutions, trying to, to answer something, whereas the answer is within us. And I really like the fact that you're encouraging and you're sharing us this idea of the inner voice, which is our intuition. <laughs> and I think it's something we can all try to practice on a daily daily basis. So that's why for me, you are like ambassador of positive thinking because I want to share with you guys during the lockdown in Saigon, we had three months of very strict lockdown. I had a call with Denise and I was very charmed and very surprised by her light because she had this strong energy that she wanted to share with people, to inspire people to wake up early, to have good habits, to explore ourselves during lockdown. So this call with you, Denise, really helped me to start my lockdown on a better basis and also to, to work on myself. So I was wondering if you can share with us some of your daily tips to keep things balanced and positive, like basically to improve our daily life. Mm. Thank you very much for giving me that feedback because that conversation just lasted for 30 minutes or one hour, right? And yeah. it just had so much impact on you. So thank you very much for that. Oh. I really appreciate I feel emotional. So the daily practices, I think like morning routine is crucial to start the day. Right. I generally started at 6 a.m. because I love the light and it's so chill uh, during the morning in Saigon compared to the, <laughs> to the heat. <laughs> I'm very hot now. <laughs> <laughs> to the heat and I love how Saigon wakes up in the morning you see the old people who are swiping the floor in the streets the coffee the coffee makers the the snacks the snack sellers down here and I really love that uh, that vibe yeah that's really charming and beautiful we're very lucky here yes and so I, I wake up at six then I meditate for 22 minutes 22 then, minutes? Yes. Sorry, why 22 minutes? I like 22. Okay. That's it. You're lucky number. All right. <laughs> and I wake my dog, Chester, who is a survivor of the fight dog meat trade and who is a very happy doggo now. I love him. And then I journal and then I prepare myself to go to the gym where I do one hour per day, either going to the gym or to my Qigong class. I have a Qigong master here who gives me class every week. What is Qigong? Qigong is a Chinese martial art that is very soft and it's all about managing your own strength. So activating body parts or parts of your body is activated through movements. It's like Tai Chi. Is it close to Tai Chi? It's close to Tai Chi, but Tai Chi is only hands. While Qigong, there are more stuff. I have no idea what is the... I don't remember what is the difference. Then just Google it, okay? But it's good. <laughs> it's a good thing. If Denise is doing it, it means it's good. So basically, you mean to improve our daily life, we should focus on one, wake up early, which means go to bed early, right? Have, do things that I will say elevate us, such as like journaling, walking your dog, gym, exercise, meditation. So it's all about good habits. Yes, healthy habits. So at least by... 9 a.m., I have done all of this and I can be proud of myself. I can tap myself on the shoulder and say, good job, Denise. And then I can move on to my day. Because I just remember one of my friends, we have a friend in common. His name is Felix. He's calling Denise Saint Denise. <laughs> because you, you also have so much respect for you for all this like small, but actually big things that you do for yourself. And after doing all this routine, you're able to go around to do your work and just be full with this, your own light. You just feel yourself with your own light. That's how I understand it. Is mm -hmm. that okay? Exactly. It's the secret to feeling fulfilled in life and to have an impact is really to self-care, to know yourself and care about yourself. That's it. And there is no more. As soon as you do that, you explore yourself, you put words on your emotions, on what you want in life, in who you are, on your identity and your personality, and you know how to care about yourself, then anything is possible. If you want to build a company, 
You can build a company. If you want to become an actress, you can become an actress. If you want to become a monk, you can definitely do it. Like dreams can come true for sure, but it takes a lot of time and dedication and a lot of consistency in your self-care strategies. I think that's very wise. Denise, you're giving us so many great ideas and easy things to implement in our daily life. And I would like to continue on this topic by talking about your work as a trainer with the PCM method. Because last time you and I we met and you did for me the question of PCM. It was an amazing experience. And I would like to ask you please to share with us about what is PCM, why do you use PCM and how it can help both people and professionals? Sure. So PCM stands for Process Communication Model. It's basically the best tool to improve human relationships because you need communication everywhere. It's been developed in partnership with NASA. And the creator behind is called the Dr. Taibi Kader, who is a clinical psychologist. And he developed that method in the 70s because NASA had difficulties to select the astronauts and to predict the behavior of people under stress conditions. So he created that questionnaire and methodology that really helps to actually compress for a four-hour conversation into 10 minutes observation. Just by observing the behavior of people, you can understand the personality and what is motivating that person, what style of communication they prefer, what environment they prefer to communicate in, the distress behavior, the signals behavior, and how to intervene and how to care about oneself. So it's a tool that is very powerful. And to me personally, it was an aha moment. Do you see the movie The Matrix? I've seen but when I was a kid, so I remember a bit. So it's a science fiction movie where uh, the hero realized that anything is possible. By understanding the system that he is in, the world that he's in, he can do anything. So basically, learning PCM, so learning the process communication model, for me, was feeling like Neo in the Matrix. Really to understand everything and that I had the power to make some change. So at my personal level, I know better myself. I care better about myself. I understood that in relationships, sometimes people are projecting negativity on you and it's not personal. I don't take it personally anymore because before people would feel frustrated and I would take it personally. I would be like, oh my gosh, it's my fault. I shouldn't have said that. Oh, I shouldn't have done that or whatever. And I would become very anxious about that person. But then with PCM, I realized that people's negativity is not your negativity. And we all have the power to manage our negativity and positivity, actually, through self-care. It's a choice that we all make either to accept it, to take it for us, or just let it be like an umbrella. When we have an umbrella, we are not wet. Our head is not wet. If we take it up, we're going to be wet. So the way you mentioned PCM, I see it like a daily umbrella we can use in order to protect ourselves and also to have a better communication, to overcome stressful situations, like you said. Exactly. So that's at the personal level. But at work, it's a great tool in negotiation conversations, in public speaking in conducting effectively a meeting with clients. It really also helps me to pinpoint the exact needs of my clients in terms of employee development, employee engagement. And it's a very versatile tool that really helps to make a daily difference for me as a CEO, but also as a person in the society. I think it's a great tool indeed. So I really encourage you guys to look it up, Google it. And again, like we mentioned before, it's one way of learning about yourself. There are many ways, but this is one tool. And the positive aspect of this tool is that it's not fixed. It's like exploring yourself as a river. You're not fixed in marble. You're a current, which is always going. And this tool is helping you to understand your own dynamic in this world. Exactly. And it's a scientifically validated tool. There is thousands, millions of questionnaires that have been done. It's a tool also that has been used and that is still used in therapy in France to help people to find positivity in their life and to make sure that they care about themselves so that they can have the impact that they want in their community or their organization. 
And do you think by using PCM, we can get better results with the employees, with the manager, with the staff, generally speaking? Yes, because one of the biggest problems currently in companies anywhere in the world is communication, internal communication. And through communication, you can do a lot of things, actually. You can negotiate better contracts, you can motivate teams, you can solve conflict more effectively, grow out of conflicts, draw the lessons from conflicts, better understand your employees. So communication is very key in having healthy businesses. And since PCM is the best tool in communication, then I think it's the best solution across organizations in Asia and in Europe and all over the world, actually. Now we're talking about this. I just want to go through again my own guide that you gave me at the end of our session to read it again, because at the end of PCM session, you guys also receive like a personal analysis of your personalities and the way they're present in yourself. But let's move on to another topic because we have a lot to talk. And I'm really curious again, because you mentioned the importance of meditation in your daily routine. And I know you've been meditating a lot. I know you also went to Vipassana retreat. And I wanted to ask, how does meditation improve your daily life? Which kind of meditation you're doing? And what can you advise for our listeners who may be not very familiar with meditation? So I generally do silent meditation where I just start the timer and then 22 minutes later, it's over. There's a gong and that's it. There is no guided meditation. So basically, I just close my eyes, focus on my breath and scan my body from toe to head and head to toe. And that's it. It's very simple. This is the amazing thing with meditation. It's completely free. Yeah. You just need time and focus. And that's it. You know, I used to make jokes. It's like meditation is the best kind of drug because you get high without the need of taking, smoking, anything. And it's just this kind of high that is very healthy and you feel high on life, I would say. Exactly. There's a lot of dopamine shots afterwards because you achieved the 10, 5, 20 minutes or one hour meditation and it takes a lot of effort because basically the idea is to observe your thoughts going in and going through and going out and that's it without judging, without holding on them. It's just, oh, there's a thought. Okay cool <laughs> let it go and then you let it go i feel so much peaceful now even talking about this i just want to meditate but we need to keep going and i wanted to ask you about this uh, retreat when did you decide to do it why and how did it change your life afterwards and can you please explain us what is vipassana because maybe some of you guys don't know okay so basically vipassana is a 10-day retreat of silent meditation when there is no, no book, no phone, no notebook, no drawings, no pens, no mirrors. Oh my God, no mirrors, I don't like. <laughs> no body language, no eye contact. Wait, no eye contact? You cannot look? What if I want to wink at somebody? You don't wink. Oh, Jesus. All right. <laughs> you just are with yourself and that's it. You meditate for 11 hours per day from 4 a.m. in the morning. You have two vegetarian meals and one tea break in the afternoon. And you basically just meditate and meditate and meditate. And it's a very powerful experience. So basically, I went through that because we have a common, another common friend with Mika called Kanlin, yes. who inspired me to do it. Because once she came out of it, she was glowing literally glowing. I could see her shining, a lot of positivity. And actually, I had this idea of doing a meditation retreat for a long time, but it was not the right time. I think it was just not the right time. And so watching her coming back from it and glowing through her life and shining positivity, it really helped me to give me a reason. Of, okay, this is the right time. Just do it. And as we mentioned before, I was in the process of embracing my inner voice and embracing my intuition. And I had this strong call inside me saying, okay, you should go to that Vipassana. So just book it. So 24 hours later, I booked it. And then one week later, I took the plane to go to Myanmar. Wow. And it was a life-changing experience in a way where I didn't speak the language, but basically you just 
stay silent. So you don't care, right? You are in a room and in a center with 130 people to 300 people. Mine was a small one. So it was, we were only 120 people, both men and women from all ages coming from, I think, 15 year old to 70 year old who come to purify themselves and to reset their life. And it was powerful in a way where I connected with those people that I don't speak the language of, but we experienced the same thing at the same time in the same space. And I felt so strong, so confident in myself afterwards. And it's a sensation that I've never had afterwards. It's a very unique sensation that I had. To, to who would you recommend this experience and would you like to do it again? I would recommend it to anybody, especially in our world that is hyper-connected, where we are all about Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, whatever, social media. We are always on. And Vipassana is a great way to switch off our life so that we can reflect, reset our goals, or find ourselves, or just start fresh in our life. So this is, I think, the best way. However, you need to do it at the right time in your life. You, you can't go just because I tell you to do it, because okay. it has to come from within you. But I would definitely recommend it to anyone. So we all have the capacity of doing this, having this experience, never mind if we are familiar with meditation or not, but I think everybody should try at least one time, but on the right timing. Exactly. As for the second part, I would definitely go back because of COVID that was not possible, but I would definitely want to go back either this year or next year. All right. And I was wondering, why have you decided to collaborate with the association Trash Hero? Again, my inner voice saying, <laughs> saying you should do it. This is the right thing to do. About your inner voice, I was wondering, how do you receive it? Is it a voice that you hear in your mind? Is Do you write it down? How does it manifest itself? It manifests through sometimes journaling, where I reflect on my thoughts. I just put all my thoughts on a notebook and I just let it go and, and let it flow, even though it's there's a lot of mistakes or grammar, you know, misspelling. Or grammar misspelling or whatever. I just go go with the flow. And then sometimes I come back to it and then I reflect and analyze and say, oh, maybe I should do that to make it better. So that's one way. Another way is just my body is doing it. So I let, I let it do. It's very hard to describe how my inner voice is manifesting itself, but it goes through just sometimes if you want to do something, just do it. If I want to be in a coffee shop at that time, let's just do it. And then sometimes I just meet people who are very interesting. It can be posting stuff on Facebook at a certain time or it's just the right thing. It just advise us to basically always be connected with ourselves mm. first, not with the outside world, not with the social media, not with our parents, friends, boyfriend, girlfriend, but with ourselves first in order to make the best decision, right? Exactly. But not to the point to isolate yourself because you also need the family, the parents, the friends, the support system around you to make sure that you're not getting, going crazy, right? So it's very important also to have the right balance. But to prioritize yourself is crucial. I think that's something that we're going to keep in mind after this interview. And so I come back a little bit on the Trash Hero. Can you tell us what are you doing exactly for the community in Saigon? So Trash Hero is a global community. We are based in about 50 countries around the world. And we organize cleanups to raise awareness on our daily consumption habits. In Ho Chi Minh City, we organize a cleanup every month where... Employees, students, children, parents are coming just to pick up some trash so that we educate people and we connect with like-minded change makers. It's a very meaningful experience because you learn by doing. And I promise you, the experience of cleanups is disgusting <laughs> because, <Thank you. laughs> because basically you are picking up other people's trash. Sexy. So it's very frustrating. 
but it's a great vaccine to your own consumption habits where you say, oh, okay, I have picked up so many single-use cups, so many single-use coffee cups or single-use takeaway boxes or single-use sometimes condoms. Oh, right. It's like... <laughs> What? Not sexy at all. The trash sometimes is like, it doesn't make any sense. So by doing that experience, it really helps to make the right choices when you go back to your daily life where all the single-use plastic, you're like, okay, let's just buy a reusable bottle. Or if I want to get street food for my date, for example, I just take my reusable box to get my bangun or my pencil or, or my skewers, right? Just to enjoy it. Well, you can still enjoy it, but you're not harming your environment. I think that's a, another great daily advice to make your life better. Because, for example, for me, I don't take hot showers anymore. I like to suffer. <laughs> so I take cold showers also to, like, to wake up myself and also to reduce, you know, the consumption of electricity. And yeah, I think we can all do things to make our life better first. That has a great impact on the community and on our beautiful planet. So Denise, you are a CEO, a philanthropist, a spiritual person. You do so many things. And I was wondering, what is your fuel? What keeps you going? What's your motivation? So I have four motivators. First, my panic attack. The second one, inspiration. Third one, my support system. And my fourth one, my inner voice. So the first point is my panic attack. It's my never ever return point. Over the years, I have established small signals, small red flags that help me to actually say, okay, this is going too close to that limit and you're going to go into panic attack. So just pause, meditate, do whatever you want, but just say, stop at whatever you're doing. Second one is inspiration. So I read books, listen to podcasts, watch a lot of YouTube videos where I keep myself inspired to just move on and maybe have other ideas, other people's ideas on how to present stuff. I was never a good storyteller, so I have consumed a lot of storytelling materials. And the idea is to also practice whatever you learn, right? So it's a great starting point to learn. Third one is my support system. So first circle is my friends, my family, the people who are really close to me and really understand me and accept me as I am authentically. And those people are generally sending me encouragement messages that that I actually record in my notion where I always go back to it whenever I feel anxious, stressed, and just saying, okay, I have a support system that believe in me and my impact and just myself where I can be whoever I am and who I am. And so that's very crucial. And the fourth motivator is, of course, my inner voice where it has never wronged me in the past. And I have total trust in whatever she or he or they are saying and I just follow it. I think that's so inspiring and that's so beautiful and again it's very simple and we can all do this to make our life more beautiful and meaningful first for us. I was wondering you mentioned the panic attack the difficulties that you had and the things that you overcame I wanted to ask a question about fears. According to you how can we overcome or like get past our fears? How can we use the fear to our advantage? So to me fear is paralyzing people. It holds you back from doing anything. So the best strategy to overcome your fear is just do it. I was scared of heights, so I did the budget jumping. I was an anxious person and I'm still an anxious person, but I really needed to do the Vipassana retreat. I'm scared of uncertainty, like a lot of people, I think. But I mean, I'm super scared of uncertainty and not being in control of situations. And I'm doing improv shows, which really helps to actually letting go of whatever you have in your mind and just saying it and, and body a character for four minutes and building a story with your partners, your improv partners. So it really is a constant practice and exercise of going out of your comfort zone. So facing your fears is crucial 
And to face your fears, you just have to do it. No question asked. And then you see what happens. I totally agree with you. And also, guys, I saw Denise at the show of Les Impromptus. It was really amazing. And wherever you are, if you can try to go practice improvisation or simply drama, it just it's amazing. Therapy for life, it's amazing activity. So I totally agree with you on this point. And you know about the fears? Two days ago, I watched a video of, of Sangoku. You know this Indian spiritual teacher, mm-hmm. the guy with the beard? Mm-hmm. I call him and he said something very funny about the fears. He said, so first you cannot fight something that doesn't exist. And then he said, like, when you have fears, it's like you become a producer of horror movies, but it's a bad movie because only you is watching it. So why not do action movies, comedies, like love movies, like basically all kind of entertainment that you can allow yourself to have in your head to make yourself better. So his point was also saying to switch, basically to try to Get out of this zone where you drag your energy down, where you allow yourself to go lower than the canalization. <laughs> so basically like a switch in our mood. But what you're saying is that let's say you're scared of something and you just go for it. But what, what it's about the fear of something may happen, like people, they're afraid of losing their jobs and so on. What would you say to these kind of situations like may happen? In the case of being scared of losing your job, I would, before resigning, <laughs> I would go first through a self-awareness journey where I would understand why are you scared of losing that job and, and, and starting to analyze the reasons behind. And yeah, I think also fears can be a tool, you know, to help us to improve ourselves. So if, for example, you mentioned you were scared of heights. You look, okay, that's where I need to work on to be more confident with myself. Somebody is scared of losing the job, like you said, need to analyze themselves. But fear, sometimes like jealousy, we tend to say, oh, it's like negative feelings. We don't need to have them. But There are actually tools to see for jealousy. You could see like if you're jealous of somebody, like, oh, actually, this is something I would like to have in my life. So what should I do? For fear, it's like, oh, I'm afraid of this. So what should I do in my daily life to have more peace and not be concerned? So both these like negative emotions, they're just indicators yes. in our life. And how we handle them, that's the real thing. Exactly. It, the bottom line of this is you need to manage it at the right level so fear is good jealousy is good but not too much of that jealousy and too much of fear True. everything has to be balanced in life agree and i'd like to move on on another topic can you tell us a little bit more about your podcast because denise also has her own podcast thank you very much for mentioning that <laughs> so I created Asian Tide last year where the place where it came from is that during the lockdown, so I was all doing the positive psychology. I had a support group with female entrepreneurs also that I'm happy to mention also, but where we had daily goodies, where we would practice positive psychology method techniques. And on the work side, during the lockdown, I created HR lunch breaks where I would connect HR managers with each other because HR managers during the lockdown were at the front line of managing the switch from work from office to work from home. They had to work on the material, make sure that everybody had the health, health materials also. They had the groceries. They would have the mental health support system, all those kind of stuff. HR managers have to step up to make sure that everything, all the system was in place for their employees to be better and to feel better at their work so that they can perform throughout the lockdown. So I created that space where people would come and share the experience. I had people from across industry So tech to a big conglomerate group who came to share their experience and so also like startups like Tribe who came to give advice to the community because that was what we were seeking. So I created that. And from that, I created the Asian Tide podcast where I connect HR managers. I invite HR managers or CEO across Southeast Asia to give us advice on how to drive business growth in Southeast Asia. Because in terms of business, in terms of development, growth, employee engagement, a lot of things are happening in terms of employee engagement, business growth, leadership. 
a lot of content comes from the US or Europe. And the idea is to bring up Vietnam and Southeast Asia to the front line, the front of the stage of the international business stage to really share our take and our perspectives on those subjects. So that's why I created that podcast. That's nice, guys. You should uh, listen up. So you can uh, Google it. No, you can Spotify, right? Spotify it and Apple Podcast. We had guests like uh, Mr. Kapoor from The Hus. Also, we had Gojek coming in. We had big companies come to share their knowledge and their experience to the business community. Sexy. Mm. I want to I wanna listen to it too. <laughs> Denise, I have one last question for you before we move on to our conclusion. I was wondering, after mentioning all this project that you're running right now, what are your next challenges or goals that you would like to reach? The next challenge for Tide is to scale. I want to have a bigger team to support the growth of employees in Vietnam and maybe in Southeast Asia when the time comes. In terms of trash hero, I want to increase the cleanup rates, the cleanup frequency to at least two per month. Or How many times per month? Once. Once per month. And ideally, really every week, I would ha I would love to have volunteers who step up to organize that. And that would be really awesome. And we are looking for organizational angels <laughs> to help us on Trash Hero. Uh, organizational angel. It's just like to coordinate the cleanups, the organization of cleanups to increase that frequency. So if you are interested, just let me know. Oh, you mean me? <laughs> oh, you mean me? <laughs> Uh, I need to think if there are mirrors and gloves and so on. But what time you do it? What time you start in the day? We generally do it on a Saturday morning at 7 a.m. Jesus, girl, you don't want us to go party on Friday night, huh? <laughs> All right, but it, it's a beautiful engagement, actually. So I think we should, if we if you guys are living in Saigon, if you want to have some fun on a Saturday morning, please reach out for Denise. I might be there as well. If the more the merrier, I guess. When you're by yourself, it's really boring, but you're with people, with your friends, you can have some real good fun and good impact in the community, right? Exactly. And it's really about making the small action that can be the big change in our community. So yeah, if you want to join our organizational team, let us know. And in terms of personal, personally, my goals are to keep following my inner voice, expand my support system. As I mentioned, I have beautiful friends and family, but also a great Reiki master who helps me to do some healing from time to time. Her name is Brigitte. She's amazing. I tried her too. I really recommend her as well. So that really helps like in terms of energy healing. But I want to expand that support system to other practices to really keep on caring about myself so that I have a bigger impact. Denise, that's so beautiful. I will be really moved if I was not as hot as I am right now because, guys, we turned out the AC to be able to record the podcast. So now we're both sweating like little pigs. But Denise, that's really, really beautiful what you are saying to us, that you're sharing with us. And again, it's a real pleasure and an honor to have you today. Thank you so much for inviting me as your guest. It was a pleasure to be featured at the 7 Million Bikes podcasts. And before we wrap it up, I have five last little questions. But this one I'm going to ask you and you have no time of thinking, just spontaneous answer to finish the episode in beauty. Fionbote, right? Are you ready, Denise? Yes, I'm ready. Right. What one reason would you use to persuade someone to come to Vietnam? Come to Vietnam if you want to find, explore and reinvent yourself. I'm on my way. What one reason would you use to persuade someone not to come to Vietnam? Don't come if you just want to party. What common scams have you heard of in Vietnam? The common scam that I heard of is basically the victims are mainly men, where women, the beautiful women would hit on them and they would charm them and just steal their phones. That's what I heard. Nice. But it never happened to me. <laughs> I don't know if, it's, if that's true. <laughs> no, I'm so sad. Never happened to me either. Joking. What's something you heard about Vietnam that's not true? So it's not specifically about the country of Vietnam, but as an expat, I was told to join expat groups when I arrived. And that's the worst advice 
of joining groups like Expat in Ho Chi Minh City because it's full of trolls. It's an unsafe space to share anything. Like once you ask a question, there's so many people who are just commenting very negative things and commenting, judging you. However, I love the female expats group where it's much better. And whenever you need the help, you get it instantly, basically. Wow. And last, what question would you like to ask to the next guest? What are your first impressions of Vietnam? And that's it. I think we went through it. So one more time, thank you, Denise, for coming to 7 Million Bikes podcast. Guys, thank you for listening. I am Mikachu, and it was my pleasure of being your host today. Thank you so much, Mika. Yay, bye-bye, mọi người. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're like me, you may use your laptop at places where you have to use public Wi-Fi. This opens you up to digital snoopers. It's a massive problem. It can be your internet service provider, or you know who, looking at what you do online, or a cyber criminal trying to steal your bank passwords or credit card info, or even a hacker at the next table trying to steal your sensitive data. These days, it is vital that you keep your data safe. NordVPN keeps all of these snoopers away. It makes your internet activity private, protects you from accessing dangerous websites that are fishing for your data, and lets you enjoy your favorite content securely, even while away from home. And it's easy to use, even I could use it. I've actually been using NordVPN for years now here in Vietnam, and I'm excited to be an affiliate partner with them. I've used NordVPN to watch Netflix, BBC, Disney Plus with ease. And I also know that my information and data are safe from prying eyes, whoever they may be. Join now and you'll get 68% off and three months free when you go to my link, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. Just again, for those hard of hearing, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. The link is also in the show notes. I know nobody checks them out, but go check that out and you can get the link from wherever you are listening to this podcast. As an affiliate partner, it also means that I will get a small commission when you sign up, but at no extra cost to you. So not only will you be getting a great deal through 7 Million Bikes, you get a great VPN and you'll be supporting 7 Million Bikes podcast. Stay safe online and enjoy the shows you love. Any questions, just let me know. You know how to get in touch with me. And thanks for listening to this show. Cheers.